0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: All right. Welcome back to the Overtalk podcast. It has been a lot of time. It's actually been two months. It kind of flew by um but we're back uh we we kind of had a little bit of a change in, in background for both of us as i'm sure you guys can see i have moved across the uh the country and we're gonna get into all of that but uh big week for overwatch we're gonna talk about the season four uh you know new hero and all the changes we're gonna talk about the uh invitational tournament that went on this week and we're gonna talk about you know just what's been been up with us and then uh yeah, it's gonna be a little bit shorter today because uh, cupcake here is uh, sadly, or sorry, Armory here is sadly recovering from a uh, bout with uh, COVID. So uh, you know, we're we're gonna let's go ahead and get right into it. Armory, what's been up with you? You can go ahead and, and kick us off with you know what what's been going on.
2: Well, for me, like you said, I've been dealing with um, some illness. Um, I unfortunately earlier this week I. Got really sick with COVID. So I've been dealing with that and it's been awful. I don't recommend. Zero out of ten, actually. It might be a pandemic. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, Uh, I think I've heard of it actually. Potentially. And and it seems like it's going around again. So I would just say be careful, you know, take care of yourself. Be be thoughtful when you're leaving the house and don't lick your fingers, you know. Don't do that. Just not good. Okay, um, I actually got sick going to go see the new Mario movie, which was pretty good. Oh. It's pretty good. That's it was maybe worth it. <laughs>
1: that movie is huge. I haven't seen it yet. Is it is it really worth a watch?
2: Yeah, it's pretty good. Like, it definitely is like for kids. But, you know, like, it, it's still like fun. Like, I enjoyed myself. It was fun going to the movies. Is it worth getting sick for, you know, like, pretty much the whole week? <laughs> <laughs> maybe not but jack black he he put his whole heart and soul into playing Bowser,
1: so that was really cool to see. really mm-hmm. yeah that's that's he seemed excited to do it but jack he puts his heart and soul into, like everything <laughs> that's than, like, true
2: Bowser. yeah i heard him wow. say somewhere that he was he like turned down a bunch of roles and stuff so, so he could like do the stuff like he really wants to do so it makes sense yeah
1: Um, as for me, I'm actually surprised I didn't get sick from traveling, um, because I was on, I was in two different airports, well, three different airports, and then, uh, you know, had two four-hour-long flights where I was, like, both of the flights were, like, jam-packed, um, you know. Yeah. I actually got lucky because someone had to volunteer to not take that one of the flights because it was so packed for some reason or another, but, um... Yeah, it it was a crazy day of traveling, and I didn't even get, like, a a cold from it. But when I got to, you know, my my boss's house where I I was, you know, that's kind of the temporary living situation, uh, his kids got me sick immediately. (laughs) Um, So first week here, I landed. I was perfectly fine for a couple days. Then after a couple days, I was, like, playing with the kids or whatever because they were like, oh, a new person, and then uh, got sick immediately. And uh, since then, I've just been trying to get everything all set up. You can see, like, I'm I'm in my office now. If you guys can't really tell by the background, I don't know how it's looking right now, but uh, yeah, I'm in my office now, and um, that that's pretty much been the whole thing is like getting established out here, and that's why the uh, content has kind of slowed to a halt for a little bit because I've been getting used to the California lifestyle. Uh, if you can't tell, I look very Californian. Now I'm yeah, fully sunk California now. Yeah, super
2: California.
1: I'm fully sunk into I've started drinking energy drinks, which are bad for me. I've lost a bunch of weight though. Gonna throw that out there. I did lose twenty pounds, um, in like three weeks to a month. So that's pretty crazy. Nice. Um, but that's also because I do. I have to walk like fifteen thousand steps a day now because I'm just like. I'm running all over the place showing houses, walking people back and forth, going to the car, going here, going there, all kinds of stuff. But uh anyway, yes, yeah, so that's what's uh, been up with us. Um I am really excited to get back into the podcast here. Um first thing we're going to talk about is actually going to be the uh Life Weaver uh tournament. So Life Weaver did come out um this past week with uh with season 4. I think it was uh season 4 started on the 13th right like 5 yeah, days ago yeah really recently yeah, so yeah it started like 5 days ago uh life weaver came out and they had a um like as a little promotional thing they did a, a creator invitational tournament with uh you know a bunch of creators and Overwatch League pros and uh, all kinds of stuff um the winner of which was uh team SK right did you did you catch any of the the finals
2: um i unfortunately did not but i do know that it was just crazy. like, um, it, it was pretty like wacky to even just like think about because you know, life Weaver's abilities are just so different than anything else that we have in um Overwatch 2, right? So far. Um, so just like the play is with like the platforms, and I've seen so many content creators. Um, just doing crazy things where like a life weaver will like go up on the platform and then like their cast will high noon and they'll just like pull them and they figured out some sort of like slingshot mechanic where he like goes flying past the platform and like into the air or something. Yeah. It's so funny. I haven't seen
1: that. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. It's like something where if you are pulled as cast onto the platform and you roll, at the same time, you just get like mm-hmm. slingshotted for whatever reason. So, it's
1: like a helicopter, <laughs> <out> there, but-
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was That's one cool. on on TikTok that got like it was like quarter of a million likes when I saw it, where somebody did that over like the gap on eichenwald Second on the bridge, and mm-hmm. he slingshotted over, killed five people, and then fell into the pit. <laughs> died hey, it was geez. so funny
1: that's <laughs> sweet that's that's a cool play <laughs> yeah,
2: mm, yeah so dingy,
1: uh, Dash,
2: yeah way ba- way way back but yeah so it's mm. it's just so different from anything that we you know have currently in overwatch like this i don't think maybe it's comparable to like sims um teleporter but it, it just really is completely unique so it's kind of opening a lot of different um, play styles, at least in my opinion. So it was cool to see like people experiment and try things with that.
1: Yeah, and uh, let me we'll come back to Life Weaver here in a, in a second. I wanted to ask you a question because uh, this was like when I was writing up the uh, the plans for all of our topics today. I, mm-hmm. It just kind of popped in my head. Um, do you think that for Overwatch, for the competitive scene of Overwatch, that invitational tournaments are a good idea? And but let me just preface, like, why I'm asking this, because in general, it's like, yeah, tournaments are great for a game, right? But I wanted to ask this because Overwatch has been renowned for having, like, no opportunities for competitive players or for, like, the random player outside of, like, Open Division, which doesn't even pay, really, right? Mm-hmm. That's been a, a consistent problem over the years that they've recently started to try to reapproach with, like, you know letting Tier 2 do, like, the Pro-Am tournaments or whatever, and, like, having more tournaments outside of Overwatch League. Um, But do you think it's a good idea to even have invitationals in Overwatch when, if you're not a creator, I mean, you're pretty much going to not make anything?
2: Yeah, so I think it depends on what the, like, goal of the tournament is. Um, So if I'm Blizzard and I really want to, like, showcase this new hero... And I'm thinking, okay, what are the best ways to really grab the community's attention? It, I don't think it would make a lot of sense to do, like, an open tournament. It would make more sense to do, like, an invitational style, which is what they ended up doing. And kind of, like, being like, J3 is going to be here, and Emong, and, and Aspid, and, like, all these names that they're familiar with. And they're like, oh, my God, yeah, I want to see, you know, my favorite creators play against each other. Um and also, like, you know, promote this new hero and, and promote the new season, right? So I think it really just depends on, like, what your goal is. I know a lot of, um, like, if you're doing, like, a a uh, charity tournament or if you're doing, like, a um, tournament for the sake of, like, competitiveness, then I don't think it really makes sense to do... um like an invitational only but if you are like trying to promote something i think it i think it makes sense but in in terms of like overall health for the game and like prize pools no it doesn't feel great to see you know this big tournament with a bunch of like good players being um you know put on and you don't even get to attempt to play in it however i i think it does make sense that blizzard would do it that way um but maybe you know they should give some of those funds into path to pro, please <laughs> that'd be I mean, yeah, cool that,
1: that's kind of like that's kind of where my head is at too, is it's like you know i I come from and i've t- I've talked a little bit about this in the podcast before i I kind of have a a foot in both camps background, mm-hmm. right where at one point I was a pro player and then I wanted to be a pro coach and then I went on to do content <laughs> right so on one hand, it's like, yeah, you know i I definitely understand why they. I understand it from Blizzard's perspective 100% with a tournament like this. It's definitely better to promote a hero by doing, like, a content creator invitational. It's just going to draw more viewers. It makes total sense, right? But more so what I'm thinking is it's like, okay, but content creators already are making, um, depending on the size, obviously, but they're already Mm -hmm. making money, right? They, They already make money just by playing, right? So the competitive players, they don't make money just by playing. They have to be either sponsored or they have to be winning tournaments, right? So it's kind of a point where it's like, you know, for the overall health of the game, what about, like, do we just forget about the people who are putting in all the hours to get better and better that aren't doing it on stream, right? Because Mm. that's where that kind of, that that's how it kind of looks, right? It's like, okay, well, we have all these $10,000 invitationals for content creators, and then we have Pro-Am tournaments, which is like Overwatch League players and Mm -hmm. amateur players, right? There are all these people that are already getting paid to play. What about the people who need a chance, right? Which is a big thing with Overwatch because you you can't get kicked out of Overwatch League. You can't lose your team slot in Overwatch League, right? Right. If you go to, like, Counter-Strike or something, right, a totally random team could, in theory, they usually don't, but they could go from... Qualifiers to the invitational to like winning, right? But you're not going to have like a team of six people who just get together one day and just go and go all the way up to win Overwatch League, right? It just doesn't happen because you can't push that spot into the, the league. So, you know, um, it's just a, that's kind of what I was that's kind of where my head was like, uh, going. It's like, what about the people who do just want to grind? They don't want to go and stream it all the time, they just want to. Head down, focus on being the best player. Like, where's their, where's the balance, I guess, is what I was... Uh, the, the purpose of yeah, that.
2: Yeah, and, and I could definitely see... Like, I definitely feel like Blizzard putting on tournaments like this is a good step in the right direction. But maybe something that we could see, too, is instead of you know these content creators drafting you know pro players it could be oh well let's draft players from tier two and you know under or maybe like tier three and under or something right Mm -hmm. to to kind of like elevate and give those players a platform however i will say i don't think that those could do is good for like viewership in terms of like um you know promoting something but if they wanted to do it for competition and like you know, trying to build their scene, that's that's definitely, like, an idea and a step in the right direction, for sure.
1: I would actually argue that you'd be surprised how much, like, just, ge- like, general competition can drive viewership, right? Like, yeah, for the first, like, few tournaments, it might be less viewers because, you know, you're competing against content creators who already have established audiences, right? But, like, Counter-Strike, for example, not all the pro players stream, a lot of them do, but a lot of the invitationals or like the the grand finals in counter-strike get like one to two and a half million viewers wow right and that's because the sense of competition within the game itself is that strong right doesn't matter if it's like xqc is playing or whatever it's like it's just the grand finals like i just want to watch it because it's the grand finals right because it's like oh, Astralis and this team made it. I'm not trying to delve too much into Counter-Strike because this is an Overwatch podcast, but (laughs) I'm using that as an example, right? It's it's like that that sense of competition in that game is so strong that you can have grand finals that will pull 2 to 3 million concurrent viewers, right? So it's like, on one hand, yeah, it's like I totally agree. You know, promotion makes sense with Overwatch to go with content creators, but I also feel like if you sort of nurtured that competitive environment more you would get more oh for sure look at overwatch league season one and like the apex tournaments from back in the day i mean they got way they got plenty of viewers right yeah but
2: something uh, else to kind of like add to that too like in terms of just viewership was um there was some i think it was collegiate was going on this week and, well, I, I wasn't able to catch any of it. I've I'm kind of been under under the weather this week, right? Just, sure. um, But I do know that the viewership was comparable, or even more, than the Pro-Am that was a couple of weeks ago. Um, and that was simply because, well, one, it was on Twitch, right? A- and two, it was because they were offering um, rewards for viewers to watch. So there was, like a, a, I think, like a Contender skin that was available. And Mm-hmm. The numbers were like upwards of thirty K on Twitch the entire time. And so it's like
0: Yeah.
2: This this is collegiate, right? Which normally I think without incentives, like gets around like two thousand, maybe less yeah, viewers or something. Thousand, yeah. yeah, it's not great, right? But all of a sudden, right, it's super hype now. There's spam in the chat, people are freaking out, and it's close to like 30k viewers like all the time. Yeah. So mm-hmm that's something they they are they're doing right and they need to keep doing because even if people are just there to get the rewards right they're they're engaging with the chat they're building a community right they're seeing like oh maybe this is actually kind of interesting right like they might click for the rewards but they're staying uh for the actual content
1: yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely 100 um but you know it's just a little interesting topic i wanted to to quickly delve into i forgot to set a timer here Um, but just something i wanted to quickly dive into so let's let's uh switch gears here and let's go into talking about the season 4 stuff because there's a lot of stuff to talk about um so let's let's return back to life weaver right he's out now right for
2: (laughs) yeah he he is
1: (laughs) how have you seen because you you do have have you been scrimming this week. I know you said you've been sick and stuff, but So
2: Calling Our Heroes does not have him in um this tur- their tournament which is this weekend. So I have not personally been scrimming any Life Weaver. Um however, I um do have some insider Overwatch League <laughs> um I don't know Inf- information. Um yeah. The information is that he sucks and nobody's playing him.
1: <laughs> that's what I've heard too. Yeah. That's yeah. what I've heard too. So let me ask you then, what 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 about him do you think is so bad? What do you think so, needs to change?
2: Yeah, so thank you for asking. As a support player, um, I appreciate that. But um so his abilities are fine, right? There's there's no issue with the platform, there's no issue with the pull, right? It's fine. The issue lies in the fact that his actual numbers are s- too underwhelming. Like, just they're just too low compared to some of the other heroes, compared with his survivability, which is kind of eh, right? It's just not worth it to try to run him. So um, the way that his healing works right now is it's a charge where... You hold it to increase the numbers, and it go. And at the very minimum, you can just, like, spam out. It's 10 healing per little blossom. Mm-hmm. And then when you hold it, and I think it's, like, a half-second charge or maybe a full second, um, it is 65 as the maximum. Now, for context, Anna does 75 HP per bullet, and she's able to just, like, rapid-fire, like, send those out right? So when you have to spend a full second charging this Blossom that's only 65, it's not even a full Ana shot, and it's only single target, and it's kind of like a slow, slower moving projectile, you get, you fall behind a lot, right? So he, he can't take the place of an Ana or a Bap or a Moira, right? He just does not put out that same amount of healing. But at the same time, right, like, he also just doesn't do enough damage. And he also has to choose between one or the other, which is um, kind of what has always made supports good, right? Um, or the good supports good is they don't have to choose. Like if you think about Zen, right? He can constantly be doing healing and damage. He can constantly be putting out his discord orbs at the same time that he's doing damage, right? And it's the same thing with Honor, right? It takes her half a second to just like move her crosshair onto a different target and then now she's doing damage right so he's not able to i mean if you're really goaded if you're really good at life weaver you can quickly swap in between i've seen some crazy things but that is hard that is a hard thing to do and it's a hard thing to manage so it's just really difficult to to get value from him and i think that's where a lot of um people are struggling they just they just can't get value and and if they do it's like they have to be sweating like working a full like nine to five hour job trying to make this character work when it's just it's just gonna be easier to play you know like um like anna lucior like i've even seen brig being played honestly a lot more so yeah his his numbers dude they're just not good
1: (laughs) and honestly i think that I think this is, like, a symptom of... And I I think I've also talked about this before in the podcast, but I think it's just a symptom of, like, a greater problem that has been plaguing Overwatch for forever now, and that's just constant inflation of numbers, right? Damage, mitigation, and healing. All of them have been super inflated since the start of, of Overwatch, right? I mean, when you think about it, like, season one, I pretty distinctly remember Soldier being, like, one of the highest, like sustained damage dealers in the game right which now is it's like you could play hanzo and do more damage drunk rat pharaoh probably do more spam like all these characters do way more spam damage or you have characters who have better pick potential as well right and then you have healers where it's like at the start it was zen lucio mercy for like mercy was like the best and Sim. Yeah, support, right, yeah. But Mercy was, like, the best healer, and then Ana came out, right? And, you know, Ana, I'm still... I've always been a little bit on the fence about Ana. I've always felt like she's got too much in her kit, right? Too Mm. many S-tier abilities between Nano, between uh, Sleep, and between Nade, all being, like, potentially fight-winning, and then also her healing being Hitscan or... You know, being able to strafe and do it in close range too. I think she has a lot in her kit. And then when I zoom back in and realize oh it's twenty twenty three, characters like Kiriko and Baptiste exist, I'm like, man, Anna's not so bad, but <laughs> really all bad. Like I, I in my opinion, they just all have too much going on. I wish we had more abilities that are like Life Weavers, like the pull and the uh the like uh what's it called? Something blossom like it, the thing that, Yeah. Uh, Right, I forget the names of the abilities, but the thing that makes the high ground, right? I want more abilities like that. You know, that is a really good ability without needing any number contribution at all. Right? It doesn't like, oh, now he does a hundred percent more healing, or now his teammates are just straight up invincible. Like, you don't need like, yeah, things that warp the numbers extremely to make a intriguing ability. Right? Mm-hmm. Like Maywall's in the same boat. Right? But like, look at how many cool plays there are with life weavers like platform right i wish there was more stuff for support to do that was in that vein mm-hmm. right whether it's warping the map or whether it's giving like speed buffs like lucio or general like other yeah buffs, like rep- like support things not
2: healer yeah. things yeah yeah
1: like heal a bunch and also do as much damage as a dps right like that's that's right it, it doesn't need to be like that right why 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 is it that when i approach bap on dps in a 1v1 i'm like oh shit yeah good luck warm up i have to like strafe it's like why do i need to do that and then if i do headshot him he just looks at the ground and now he's got a floating disc that i have to break where he's like literally unkillable and most of the time you just have to be like okay well i'm just gonna back out of this 1v1 you know what i mean
2: yeah he's he's got two abilities where he can just live forever he's got his his lamp right, that you have to break, and then mm-hmm. if you break that, then he's got his shift that instantly gives him, like, what, 50 HP or something like that? It's like 100 HP. So, good luck.
1: Yep. <laughs> or you approach Kiriko, and it's like, oh, she just threw two shots at me and killed me, like she was Cassidy. Oh,
2: something. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like, I feel like support has just gotten way too um do everything kind of vibe, where it's like, do a ton of healing, do a ton of damage, and have, like, impossibly good damage mitigation, right? Right. And I think if we start winding down support and then wind down damage a little bit, like for both tank and DPS, the game will get slower, but we'll also have more room to have more interesting characters, like Lifeweaver come into play, right? We'll have more options for people to make bigger plays that require teamwork, mm-hmm. right? I mean, could you imagine if League had a character that could just suddenly one-shot like tanks and shit like that right how much different league of legends would be or like anything like that and i think there's just like we've gotten to a point where numbers are just way too inflated and we need to take a step back and just start drawing everything back a bit and
2: i have a i have a counterpoint but i like how fast the game is my (laughs) my concern is um like if if we were to to do that in like a hypothetical and like kind of, like, move everything down, they wouldn't be too slow, and I'd be bored.
1: (laughs) But if you brought healing back, you wouldn't be slowing things down. You'd just be making it less ridiculous. You wouldn't need stuff like immortality. You wouldn't need stuff that literally removes all damage, like Matrix or, like, Sigma's, like, Flux, Mm -hmm. or, like, Suzy. You wouldn't need abilities that make you literally invincible for brief periods of time to avoid burst damage. You would be able to have just, like, more positioning-oriented gameplay. I mean... I, this is going to probably fly over a lot of people's heads, but my background before I played Overwatch was Team Fortress 2, right? Mm-hmm. And that game, honestly, when you played it competitively, felt faster than Overwatch, but has one-fourth of the the characters and, like, a hundred times less, like, abilities and, like, all kinds of stuff. But it still felt faster, right? And the reason why is because you have less stalling in the fights. It's more about, like, okay, I can go in, and if I'm just a beast, I can start two-shotting people, right? Or if someone hits good shots on me, they can fuck me up, too, right? And that's just kind of... I wish it was, like, less about just, like... I wish there was more room for individual play, and I wish there was more Mm. room for creative abilities in the game that aren't just, oh, do a lot of damage, oh, do a lot of healing, oh, make someone invincible, right? Which is, like, what a lot of characters have when you really think about it. Um, so, anyway, that, that, that's, that's, you know, we can both have different opinions. That, <laughs> right? Um, and that's something that's always going to be a, a talking point in Overwatch, uh, especially for people who played way back in the day. Um, but, anyway, so, aside from Life Weaver coming out for season four, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep us moving here, mm-hmm. um, because, like I said, this is going to be a slightly shortened podcast. We're shooting for 45 minutes instead of, uh, instead of an hour today. Ryan got a slight nerf. Um, not really too much to talk about. I mean, they reduced his health by 25, I think, or was it 50? I think mm, it was 25.
2: I, I um, don't know off the top of my head.
1: Yeah, they reduced his health very slightly. Okay, I don't think it's going to change all that much about him, really. This I found interesting. Sigma's one-shot got removed. His rock now mm-hmm. stuns for longer, but doesn't do as much damage. What do you think about that?
2: I think that's nice because, I don't know, I, I just feel like it was... Completely random to just get like one shot by like a sig, like and it kind of felt like you were helpless. Like he'd he'd hit you or what? It was like he'd hit you with like his left click and then he'd rock you and then he hit you again and you would de- you would just die. And it was just like cool. That's really cool. I mean, you just, yeah,
1: just the rock and a left click would one shot you. I'm pretty sure. Do like almost your whole health. So yeah, if you took damage from anywhere else, you'd be dead for sure. But. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. So
2: I I I feel like giving tanks abilities that CC more is not a huge deal like it feels almost like deserved especially with Sig's rock like that's something that can be like shielded off like um it, it, he has to like aim it it's like a projectile I feel like that's deserved so it, it having like a longer stun feels more natural to me and I, I haven't noticed like a huge change in game except for the fact that like Sig's aren't trying to just one shot me <laughs> which is hey, fine by me <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I agree. I think uh, I honestly this is a hot take, but I think we do need a little bit more CC in the game. Um, that is a hot take. Just not a lot, a little bit. <laughs> um, there's some things that just like get out of hand with with tank, um, and I, I don't mean CC like on a sleep dart because that that also got nerfed, which is it good. did. But uh, we'll we'll circle back to that. But just like generally more like minute, like just like breathing room cc i guess is the best way to describe it like half of a cast flashbang something that's like enough to disrupt someone without like being like oh well my shield fell and now i'm just gonna die immediately because there's a million damage coming in right Mm -hmm. um i do think there needs to be a little bit more cc so that you can have some characters that are able to like yeah invade things and i think think
2: blizzard is kind of going in that route too because if you think about um like the i know we're gonna get to it but the brig changes of you know she can now stun shield bash which was in overwatch one and and some people in her uh ultimate that is kind of like like they're not giving it to her you know the way it used to be but she she does have a little bit more control i think i think you're right in that sense that it does feel nice to have it sometimes not all the time but sometimes
1: yeah exactly and it's like it doesn't need to be a huge stun, right? Which mm-hmm. was like my main complaint with with sleep dart was that it's like, dude, if you don't, I mean, yeah, obviously when you're in lower ranks, you have to deal with people who are like, oh, I woke the sleeping target. Right? <laughs> but like, once you get past that threshold, it goes from being like a, a brief stun to like, wow, I'm pretty much just out of the fight for the end. In- like the most important five seconds of the fight. Right. Um, it could be a big deal. Uh, and i think that less cc like that and more cc like briggs bash where it's not always online but when it is you have to be aware of it or you know just things along those lines i think that's kind of the direction that i would like to see it go but uh, let's come back around to brig mm-hmm. cassidy's grenade also got nerfed what do you think about that
2: um i think it's fine because i i think maybe if the nade worked as intended it wouldn't be that big of a deal but just because of like i feel like it chases you around <laughs> so far i've seen that nade like do crazy things like it does like backflips in the air before it lands on somebody um i don't know i don't know if it was it it has to be some sort of bug um and then like you just get body shot and you die um I'm I'm happy that they tuned it back just because of how ridiculous it felt like it was like a magnet to your forehead across the map and then it get you. Um I will say that like Cass is just strong right now and I mean we we talked about that like after his changes he was just going to be strong and he was he good. was at the point where if you didn't really if you didn't really run him like I like sombra tracer is being played a lot right now and so cass kind of find, found his like niche and like he can help your backline be stronger and kind of you know deal with the flankers and you know he has the big nade to kind of like scare them off right like it's really scary for tracer cuz i think that's just a one shot for her um mm-hmm. so tuning it down a little i think alleviates some of that pain from tracer players but it doesn't make him bad because he still has his damage and he still has you know the nade still does a, a a decent amount it's just not going to like one shot you so i think he's still he's still pretty strong it it didn't make him bad um it just kind of opened it up to i think the dps that people are playing right now is like somber tracer and then a little bit of hanzo or like some hanzo some Cass, and then i've seen some soj so it's kind of like it's a little bit more versatile now that Cass has been nerfed a little bit, I think before it was like you're playing Cass unless otherwise, <laughs> but um well right most of the time
1: yeah i I'm okay with it. I mean, to be completely frank, I feel like Cassidy's grenade works for everybody except for me. <laughs> um, I really this, but i i and it, this is like literally if you watch me play cast on stream it's you can see it in the footage and even my chat tells me it's like literally okay i want to hit the sigma standing right in front of me with my magnetic grenade so i'm gonna line it up okay i throw it and it just goes like onto the floor and i'm like okay well I guess, uh, that's my fault still still skill issue i guess right it's like I, I don't know what it is, dude. I can't get this ability to work right for Your me. Your cast but forgot to I, put
2: magnets in it, I guess.
1: Uh, yeah, and he also decided to throw it like a pulse bomb. It's just like, it's like a little, little wimpy toss, man. But anyway, um, yeah, exactly. It's like, you know what I mean? but get away. Anyway, so yeah, exactly. Flashbang. But like, it's like. Yeah, I totally understand why people wanted it in there if I, I get not wanting a free headshot. And I, I do think that somehow it was even worse than the old flashbang. I know it's like I when it when I first read it on paper, right? And usually I'm pretty good at picking stuff up on paper that people are like, Oh, that's not a big deal, right? Or like, Oh, that's like I, I don't anyway. I'm pretty good at that kind of stuff usually. And even that went over my head. I was like, oh that's that's an okay change. It's not gonna be messed up and then in practice it's like wow this thing's fucking annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean um so definitely understand the, the the changes on that. Uh quick little thing to touch on, EMP now disables Blizzard. Oh I don't know why that change was done, but okay I guess. I mean I think it shouldn't disable Blizzard doesn't really make a ton of sense to me, but okay, fine, right? Let's just nerf Mei more. Um, <laughs> that, that I can get behind. But uh, so the Sleep Guard nerf happened. Really happy with that change. I know you probably aren't as an Ana main,
2: No, but, like, uh, so I thought it was going to be, like, a huge, like, detriment to... Because Ana comes are being played pretty heavily right now, right? Like, she's, mm-hmm. she's being played a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought it was going to be, like, kind of like a make it or break it thing because, like... On a lot of times your sleep darts aren't going on anybody else except for the tank. Like that is the most impactful sleep that you can have in fights, right? If a ram is running at you with nemesis, you can just beep and then he's gone and you waste his whole neb and mm-hmm. you run away. Right. Um, or like if a monkey's primaling, you just you just bop him and then you run away, right? And and you waste mm-hmm. his primal. Um, but honestly, like in gameplay wise, it is noticeable. Um but it it's not so much that if I sleep a primal monkey, okay, I'm still gonna die. It's it's more like it gives me time to kind of like get away and then, you know, deal with the rest of the primal that's still coming. So it it doesn't like it it's noticeable, but it's not the worst thing in the world. I don't think it's going to like just knock her out of the meta. Um but mm-hmm. it, I do like the fact that it's only a nerf for tanks right so it's still you know rewarding you for hitting those like skill shots on like you know uh nanoblade yeah or like a tracer who's like bothering you or something like that um so i think that was like a smart decision and it kind of goes with their whole thing of like tanks you know wanting to like make them more like cc resistant so I don't think it's a bad change. I think it's uh, honestly really healthy for the game. And it, it feels good. And I'm sure it feels good for the tank players.
1: Yeah. Now if they just reduce the power of Anti, maybe I'll be okay with Ana. Think, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, like I definitely agree with everything you said. I mean, it definitely makes a lot of sense. I think it's a great change. Uh, it's very healthy. And, you know, it's not overdoing it to where Dart mm-hmm. now feels useless. I mean, it's still a really rewarding and strong ability. So definitely a good change of my book. Um, the Brigida ult change. Mm-hmm. So, briefly talked about this. This was a lot of changes. They made the shield bigger, more healthy. It now stuns up to really, really as many people as there are on the screen when you bash. I mean, pretty pretty hefty changes to Brig's ultimate. Um, I I, I kind of like it. I, I really, really think it's it's good. I, I When I first read it, I didn't think it'd be as strong as I would have liked for a Brig ult rework. Um, but I think it's still solid, really. I do. Uh, what, yeah. What are your thoughts on So
2: it? I've seen Brig run a lot in Scrims um, since the changes came out. And um, she was okay, kind of like before the patch. Um, but her ult right now is bugged. So I think it's kind of hard to get like a full read on it. Like she's not getting as much. Um, armor out of rally that she's meant to get. I think it's like something oh, oh, like yeah. she's she's only getting like half the amount of like armor she's meant to get, and that mm-hmm. old it kind of seems like she gets blown up a lot faster than previous rally. Like you can't just like pop it and then run in like a maniac like you could mm-hmm. before, and like mm-hmm. the raid boss people would call her like she's not a raid boss mm-hmm. anymore. Um, the. The bigger thing is it's more of like a defensive ult, um, which is what we're seeing with a lot of like monkey comps being run, where she you know, she stands on top of her anna, she whip shouts the monkey away, whatever. But now it's more like, okay, if they're primaling or if they're, you know, doing something scary, right? Now she can pop her ult and like bash it and then you guys can get away. It's more like a defensive thing. Mm-hmm. Um kind of how like nano right now is being used as a more like defensive ult as well. So it's it's just interesting to see how that's kind of going instead of being this crazy yeah. ult where it's like, okay, everybody go, <laughs> we're going in, raid buzz, rain buzz. It's now more like, okay, I can keep you alive let's let's live let's chill um yeah, hundred percent
1: and yeah. talking about nano one that's another thing I really wish was different about anna we're we're gonna go to the next change here in a second uh, but one one other thing I really wish was different about Anna, I wish they just reverted the the uh Burst heal aspect of nano. No, just watching people nano someone who was five HP on accident and then they just die immediately. <laughs> I think that was like an actual thing you had to be aware of. Like you had to like if you wanted to nano someone like a blading Genji, right? You had to do it before he took a bunch of damage. It wasn't like oh my Genji just dashed into the middle middle of their team, got hit with a bunch of cooldowns, so you could nano him and them out entirely. Right? Yeah. Honestly,
2: before. it should be on release nano. Uh where they do hundred percent more damage and they get a speed increase. <laughs> I think she gives that back. That you're, <laughs> you're,
1: you're saying that because 'cause you're banana. Honestly, I I really I wouldn't mind it if they <laughs> reduce the Bring bring, bring back Beyblade. There's a lot of stuff I really wish was different. I wish the damage reduction was a little bit different. I wish the the burst you, was different. I, do you do you
2: remember when Rinz would get Nano when Anna first came out and it was like mm-hmm. a crazy psychopath chasing <laughs> you he down <laughs> <unstopper. Yes. laughs> faster unstopper. than like Lucio's Speed? Boost.
1: Yeah, it was unstoppable, man. And the the Rinds always <laughs> would do the like Giga spin. Yeah.
2: Right? <laughs> And they're blue, thing, and they're just this blue mm-hmm. spinning whirlwind coming at you, and you're like, ah!
1: yep Yep. <laughs> yep. But anyway, okay, next changes. This, I'm actually, this is actually, a, it's a bigger change than the change itself, right? They reverted what they did to Mercy, right? Thank God. And I think that that is a sign of something more than just... <laughs> Reverting mercy—it's the first time in my memory that Blizzard has ever just been like, "Yeah, maybe that change wasn't good. We're just gonna revert it, right?" I can't—if I think really hard, I can't think of a single time where Blizzard pushed a change out to live and then reverted it so quickly.
2: Yeah, I can't either. Any
1: hero, right? It's always like, "Oh well, instead of reverting that change, we're gonna make all these other random changes that address it and then." Now we have a bunch of other problems, right? This is the first time I can think of where Blizzard was like, maybe we weren't right on that one, and they brought, brought everything back. They mm-hmm. went backwards, which I think is like, if nothing else, that's a huge sign that at least the developers do have the capacity to admit that they're wrong about a hero change, and that could mean really good things going forward, right? Because we might not have to deal with oh, well, you know, we we really would like immortality changed. Let's get that changed, and then it doesn't happen for two years, right? Stuff like that, you know? It's I think that 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 reversion of Mercy is a bigger deal than just the change itself, because I think it shows the developers are improving, right? It's not the same situation we've been dealing with for years, and that's kind of how Overwatch 2 has been, in my opinion. What do you think?
2: Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, the only thing now is I'm dealing with, uh, GM1 Mercy players who are still playing Mercy, and she's just not, like, the, the healing increase was so good, and now she's just so mid again. (laughs) Oh, well. What can you do?
1: (laughs) Oh, well. Oh, well. I'll,
2: I'll take it. I'll take the hit to my ranked games if it means Mercy's bad again. (laughs)
1: Wow, this is rich coming from someone who used to play strictly mercy. Hey, only. I've uh, learned, I've another.
2: grown, and I've improved. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Would you say that that's a miracle, or
2: <laughs> it might be, it might be a miracle?
1: And the final thing was the Mora buff, right? We're gonna let's quickly touch on that. Mm-hmm. We're about hitting uh, wrap up time, the Mora buff—they they gave her fade and coalescence. Uh, yeah.
2: So. Yes, she is actually being played in uh, Overwatch League a little bit uh, with Moira Kiriko against the, like, uh, monkey Sombra Tracer uh, comps. Um, Just because she can just live forever, you know, she doesn't have to worry about getting her coal canceled um she's very good it's she's always notoriously been all right into sombra because she can like spy she can spy check the sombra right mm-hmm. she could just claw mm-hmm. everywhere and as soon and as sombra can- tries to go for something she interrupts the hacks right so
1: and she can fade out of emp and and all that i mean she has like lots of self-sustainers
2: right well, so definitely so yeah people are, you know, messing around with playing, like, this, like, super survivable backline, which is, you know, the Moira Kiriko, and just kind of, like, running it down, I would imagine. Um, I have not played against it, I have not seen it, but I have heard, I've heard about it, so we'll see, we'll see if that ends up developing any further, but, I mean, uh, is the character I ended up, you know, in the meta where I won open division and played in Contenders Trials, so, like, I'm I'm all for it. I mean bring me back my girl. <laughs> I've only ever played her times where she's strictly been meta and I've enjoyed it every time.
1: <laughs> she's actually like uh, she does make some pretty fun metas cuz they're always like very fast and yeah. like everyone's self sustaining So yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah. But uh yeah, th- those are all the changes that it- that have happened this week. Um we we talked about a lot of stuff. I mean, that was a pretty densely Densely packed episode. I'm very happy to be doing this again. I just, you know, I, I I have been very busy, but I'm super stoked to be back in the podcast and actually, you know, doing this. Yeah. Consistently. Um. So you know, I I, I do hope you guys enjoyed. It was always It's always a pleasure talking to you, Aramori. I uh, hope you had a good time too. And uh, next week, I do have a topic I want to talk about. I really want to talk about what the easiest role in Overwatch is.
2: And yeah, so I right. do too because I think I disagree with you. So, I w- <laughs> we'll have to bring our mm. our debate hats and and go yeah. head to head. So,
1: basically, so basically next episode it's going to be me explaining why tank is the easiest and you being wrong.
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see, buddy. We'll see. Mm.
1: I've never been wrong before. So.
2: <laughs> anyway,
1: thank you guys so much for watching. Be sure to follow Prediction for more. Uh, and make sure you follow us. Our our Twitters are down below. My Twitter is kind of a, a haven for just doing whatever I want. I don't, you know, it's there. You can follow me on it. I don't really post on it. I post. You can follow me. <laughs> exactly. Much more professional, much more <laughs> relevant Twitter to you. But uh, that that's it for today, guys. We will be back on Tuesday at 1 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time or 4 p.m. Eastern next week sorry i have someone making a bunch of noise over here but that's it thank you guys so much for watching take care and we'll see you next time
2: thank you bye -bye.